Hi, hello, and welcome to Season 3 of Blazing Comments. I'm your host, Callie Kennedy. Blazing Comments is a podcast I created to connect with new friends and reconnect with old friends. It gives us an opportunity to talk about our favorite forms of media, such as movies, music, TV shows, and a few books. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy this episode of Blazing Comments. On today's episode, we will be talking about Moonstruck with Carly. This is your spoiler warning for the movie Moonstruck. If you have not seen the movie Moonstruck or you don't love Cher, first of all, what's wrong with you? Um, anyway, um, do not proceed with this episode because we will be talking about Moonstruck in depth and my love of Cher. Thank you. Thank you for coming back on the podcast, um, season three. You know my my junior junior year, <laughs> my junior year of the podcast. <laughs> feels feels weird to say that. Um, That's funny. The new mic, uh, new ideas. I don't know. <laughs> um, but for icebreaker questions, I just have the Google Doc open over here just to get the feel of who you are as a person. Okay. Although I know you very well since we had desks <laughs> that sat next to each other. <laughs> and the amount of times I'd be typing and turn to you and be like, blah, 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 blah. And you'd be like, yes, <laughs> I'd go back to typing. I think we know a lot about each other. Yeah, lots of random illuminating conversations. <laughs> yes. Which, uh, which I found out in, when I took stupid communication theory, as I detest, that that's not how normal people function and come up with conversations. And I'm like, well, I don't think I'm most people or normal people. So thank you for that. You mean rapid fire family feud style is not the way? Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently that's not how the- communication theory is, you know. You mean everyone doesn't out. understand my entire paragraph based on the one word I said to you? <laughs> Apparently not. I, I guess they're not firing at all pistons or whatever. Yeah, well, it's the only way I know how to communicate, unfortunately. <laughs> It's the only way I know how to communicate. That's <laughs> <laughs> why we make such a good pair. It's great. <laughs> just that, you know that what I was mean? The, yes, yeah, that was one, that was the one thing when I was doing that school that irritated me so much because they were like, "This is how this happens," and I'm like, 
yeah, I get it. You broke down the steps, but like when you're in the moment having a conversation with somebody and communicating with large groups, you don't <laughs> break down steps and questions. We're going to start out with how many cups of coffee, tea, technical or difficulties. Te- yeah, technical difficulties. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> how many cups of coffee, tea, or beverage of choice do you have each morning? Um, as I said this, I drank two different cups of tea in two different receptacles. <laughs> You know, they say having multiple drinks at one time is a sign of like, um, you're like an ADHD. Harley, we just had a conversation. things that used to diagnose ADHD in females. Like, Harley, do you have five drinks just, on your desk right We now? just had a conversation where we talked about having rapper fire family food style conversations. <laughs> I, I don't think we need to be talking about the amount of beverages and cups I have around me at the moment. Because <laughs> um, uh, I'll be at the fridge. I, I'll take this water and maybe this Coke. I want something hot. Do I want to make coffee or tea? <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those. Definitely, though, probably every day I would say I have at least one cup of coffee every morning, sometimes two. Tea, not every day, but some days. When it, Especially with this weather, I can't get enough hot drinks. I'll make a pot of tea on the stove like with fruit and stuff in it and just be giving everybody hot tea. But my coffee is definitely my morning drink at least two cups yeah i'd say two cups like on a normal regular time day yep that's and my I, quota and i got a new uh kettle electric kettle for my tea but the one thing i've noticed back to the adhd thing is sometimes i'll make a cup of tea <laughs> and i'll be like i'm gonna let it steep 40 minutes later oh my god oh god damn it i gotta pop it in the microwave now <laughs> <laughs> pour it out. I'm like really distracted. My mom is like, why don't you tell people you like cooking more? I'm like, the amount of times I've burnt bread just purely because I left the room. <laughs> and everybody that I've talked asked me about air fryers, they're like, how do you like it? I'm like, you gotta watch it. They're like, what do you mean? I was like, I burn things a lot. And they're like, you're the only person I've met that says they burn things in an air fryer. <laughs> burned chicken nuggets in the air fryer last night. I didn't tell anyone. I get, dis- I get distracted, okay? There's a lot of things going on. I walked away and I was like, 14 minutes shouldn't be too long. 10 minutes. Like It turns off little, by itself. The little timer thing, I put it to like 10 minutes. I'm like, that shouldn't be too long. It shouldn't do too much. And then you come back and it's just charcoal. You're like, yes. They were dark pretty dark dinosaur nuggets <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna put these away nobody has to know <laughs> yeah it's like okay thank god there's more <laughs> just gonna toss these out <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sh- i don't uh, know yeah. that happens one day, to me at least once a month <laughs> one someday i'll have to go to a psychologist and i'll be like just refer to my <laughs> podcast i think you can tell if i have the adhd or not <laughs> just refer to that okay <laughs> Um, what is your all favorite song or album? I collected all the data for everybody, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Actively recording everyday issues. Yes. Um, favorite song. Okay. Favorite song, favorite album. My all-time favorite. Ugh, I hate to say. 
because it's not because it's always changing but never changing so like I, I'm gonna say Patsy Cline and there's an album I'm not sure which one it is but it's the one with all the hits on it just call it the greatest hits whatever I had my mom had cassette tapes when I was a kid so those songs are always in my head they're my favorite favorite song it's like fall to pieces or one of those they're all really good but over the past week I've had this um Cindy Lauper song in my head it's like right now that's my favorite all through the night and I heard a version of it a cover of it on an episode of A Discovery of Witches. It was the ending song of the end, the ending credits for that episode. And I was like, I know I know this song. And I started, I was hearing the lyrics and I started singing it in my head. And then, so then it got stuck in my head. And later on, I was like, I know this is not their an original song. So I went to YouTube and I looked it up and I was like, duh, it's a Cindy Lauper song. So All Through the Night is currently my favorite song. I probably listened to it like 10 times since then. And it's like and on repeat show in my did head. You- and what show did you listen to it on? Um, a Discovery of Witches. I'm pretty sure it's an AMC ah, show. I watch it on yeah, YouTube yeah, yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With I know Teresa you, Palmer. You t- yes. You sent me a Snapchat about it, and I was like, okay. Did I? There yeah. You go. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty interesting. I mean, if you like the fantasy kind of genre, my daughter does, and so because the vampire and witches and you know things like that, it's kind of interesting to her. And I was looking for something to watch, so I got hooked on that. There are three seasons of it. I think they're on the third season. And so that song played at the last, as the last song for like one of the most traumatic episodes of this current season for like the night, nighttime scene all through the night. It was appropriate. It was good. Um, I can't, I can't think of off the top of my head of my favorite album. Um, I listen to a lot of music. I mostly listen to Spotify playlist. Um, but the song I've been listening to mo- the most, I don't know how, don't know why. Apparently, I'm going through a Metallica phase. So I've heard <laughs> Interest Sandman too many times in the last few weeks. It's good, though. <laughs> I, don't, I, can't, I won't hold I that just, against you. I just don't we see are what- Meta- We are Metallica people low-key in our house. <laughs> Nick likes it. I kind of listen to it, too. They're, everybody has their Metallica song they like. I just like it's like do you really like Guns N' Roses no but they got that one song I love yeah I just feel like the fact that nobody can see this but you but I'm wearing a pink shirt and a teal cardigan and I'm wearing a a teal cardigan oh my god I just realized that twins Uh, (laughs) twins Uh, I just I just don't seem like the target demographic for Metallica songs right that's why it's cool. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a fun little bit. Oh my. Um, what is your favorite thing to watch on YouTube? Um, they really got me hooked on watching the deer cam where they feed the deer and it's like a time lapse, like live video. <laughs> I've been watching that a lot recently. I don't hate those. <laughs> I remember the first one in the in the freaking nineties was like and there's even a joke about it. Like there's, I think on Arrested Development, don't they watch the Eagle Cam for like some extended amount of time? Somebody gets hooked on it. And like, I don't know. They're doing, but one the t- eggs are hatching or something. It was like a big deal. <laughs> one day he, the baby and I were sitting there and I think we sat there for about 40 minutes before I went, <laughs> I have things to do. <laughs> 
before the eagle moved and you were like whoa i just i just came out of it for a second there it's in a trance uh-huh i also like um hollywood graveyard and anything like sewing related sewing so. yeah my favorite youtube channel is probably brody um i think the the YouTube channel is called YBS Youngbloods and they're it's basically this dude who's he's Australian and it's him and his dog I might have told you about them before or shared it with you but it's pretty interesting you get to see lots of like um because it's obviously he's he's in Australia <laughs> and so he's you've gotten to see his progression like his YouTube channel has gotten more prosperous I guess you would say since he started and so he's gotten to buy a new truck and he's got his dream house now and like but it's basically just him and his dog and so he'll do like three days no food him and his dog go camping and they're like in the mangrove forest or like somewhere in Australian beaches like it's like places that probably very few people have walked you know what I mean so you're getting to see like new new like environments I don't know but it's mostly uh, the Australian Terra and he's like on the the coast so you get he's in the water most of the time so you're seeing like sharks and he goes fishing and you know, he catches some kind of trout that's like an ocean trout and it's kind of orange kind of weird I don't know so I like to see the fish he catches and how he feeds himself and his dog and he's got a dog that's kind of like y'all's dogs so they're oh, she's really pretty <laughs> and all Strida like is her name like an Australian Shepherd it could be like a yes. border collie <laughs> which is our Something other like dogs <laughs> We were, you gotta check it out she's cute though it's funny fun. funny off topic real thing real quick joke um we were watching Shiz creek and there was an episode where they're at the vet office and there's uh-huh. a, that's a border collie and it kind of looked like matilda but since matilda is crossed with a jack russell terrier she's so small uh-huh. and me and my mom just started making jokes and i was like oh it's big tiller it's big tilda <laughs> that's funny I was like, nope. That. So then we just started calling Tilly a big tiller. Big tiller, what are you doing? She's like, That's what the funny. fuck? The dog has an expression. It's sometimes like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's Dummy. funny. <laughs> yeah, anyway. we talk to our dog a lot, and she's got lots of different names, too. She's super Olive. Olive, Olive has seen something. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but she would, saw something in a past life that's haunted her till now. She's baby babushka. <laughs> yes. Little Russian lady. <laughs> Little Russian lady. <laughs> she always has that look, too. I don't know. It's kind of funny. Anytime we talk to she her, one day I was talking to her, and she just... Yeah. She must have lived through the Cold War or something. <laughs> I don't know. She walked away giving me the cold shoulder one day. It was like so like a person after I, I don't remember what I said to her, but she just like dropped her head and her shoulders and like turned around and like totally gave me her back. And I was just like, okay, I guess we're done talking. <laughs> she just left. <laughs> Quietly, <laughs> I have this. I don't know. She's people. seen something. She's seen something. I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah. So the dude's name is Brody Moss, and the dog's name is Strider Moss. She's cute. They're cool. He's got a girlfriend. That's a new development. But yeah, like I just watch it whenever there's nothing else to watch. Good episodes. Lots of swimming. I don't know how to swim, so <laughs> I just watch it and dream. If I could be a fish like Brody. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What was the last movie you saw in theaters? And do you prefer to watch movies at home or in theaters? I prefer, I love 
a theater date. So like that's that's probably our go-to thing. Probably the last movie I saw in a theater was at the Draft House in Corpus, but I I wouldn't can't remember what it was though. Um, was well, whatever the popular movie was of 2019 before we had to come indoors, that's what it was. <laughs> that's what I saw. I can't remember what the movie was, but I do prefer watching movies at home, especially now that we've got like we've got a big screen, so we just put it on like projector and we just watch it like we're at the theater turn everything off and you're like dark with the big movie at home's more fun you can have all the things you want be comfy in your blankets but when we were able to draft house is definitely our date night i like to see the movie at the theater together that's fun yeah what are some movies or tv shows you put on when you aren't sure what you want to watch uh Everybody well, will know about the soundbite. I watch Legally Blonde because I can now quote it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, our go-to is probably Gilmore Girls or 90210 because we basically have watched everything that's new. We, we're we big like TV people, so we'll be putting on whatever like whatever show is new like I said if there's new episodes of this and it just came out like we want to see if it's any good so we'll go watch that when we run out of episodes of anything that's new we'll just throw on some like 90210 or Gilmore Girls for the most part Gilmore Girls is our go-to because we know what we're getting into with 90210 I think we're on like season five and that's just the thing that on principle we're trying to finish it (laughs) because we've gotten so far into it. But we, when we started watching it, we probably binged like season one and season two the same week. But then we've slowly petered out and we're just like watching random episodes now as we don't have anything else to watch. I think we're past David, David's drug problem and Donna's fifth boyfriend that since she's been with David, I don't know, like Brenda's gone. Who's the one that replaced her? Valerie? Tiffany Amber Thiessen is there. She's almost gone. So we're like, we're almost to the end. We've already met some of the Melrose Place characters. And that's probably, that spinoff is also probably happening already. So we're almost to the end. But at least four seasons more. I keep telling them, look, when we're done with this, we can try to find the reunion episode where they talk about Brenda and Dylan being in Paris together and nobody knew. (laughs) Then we'll have to watch the reboot. So we can't move on until after we're done with this. We just keep on trying to finish it. 90210. That's our backup thing. I don't really know. Like, we're always watching so many things at once. And because of the podcast, I watch so many things that aren't even within the same genre or theme. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> another one we've been watching a lot lately is just because I have some Scream episodes coming up. We've been just rewatching Scream. So, uh-huh. Scream, Scream 2, Scream 3. Um, we have not watched Scream 4. <laughs> kind of don't want to, but I know I have to. Uh, they're all pretty good in keeping with the theme they did a good job I would say with their characters those are good movies they're just like funny I don't know they're colorful I like a colorful you know peppy I don't know it's the genre of that time the the movies of that time were all kind of like that I don't know colorful lots lots of movement lots of things going on I even talk about this with Carlos because on my other, I have another podcast um, 
and so he and I are just doing horror movies. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Moonstruck, and I have like a bullet point that says describe this film in your own words, but I'm like... <sighs> I feel like going into Moonstruck, you don't need to know anything about it, to be honest. Like, just watch it and, like, share. That's all you need to know, in my opinion. But, um... This movie kicks off pretty quick. It's kind of funny that way. It it has a very fast pace. I do really like that Uh opening sequence. Uh Uh-huh. It's not like some other opening sequence that, like, pan through towns or cities. Right. It's very fast-paced. Yeah, it's kind of funny that way. That is true. It doesn't, they, you don't get like, for example, old, very old reference. I don't know if you've ever seen The Butcher's Wife. It's, I think it's, is it Jeff Daniels and Demi Moore? Anyways, long, long entrance. They're on the beach. They show you like the overhead of the city and you're getting like the winds blowing and we're building up like the witchy vibe. And like, it's a lot, very long intro. And then you drop into some narration. Well, with Moonstruck, you just we just drop right into the to the restaurant, and you're like in it. <laughs> it just the, starts. the the other film I would <laughs> compare this to, like seek the opening sequence wise. This one, the sequence is fast, not and not necessarily like per minute faster or per second faster. It's just that the song they pick to go with it and the beats per minute that it goes uh-huh. through, it's not doesn't lag versus like the introduction of while you were sleeping. Also uh-huh. a panning of Chicago. That's a good yeah, yeah, that's a good example. But it feels yeah. like it takes forever before you get to the first like Sandra Bullock narration part of it. And I love while you were sleeping. That's one that's a good one. Yeah. We all like that one a lot. We probably watched it at least five times together, <laughs> me and the girls. That's, that's another movie that I watch. If I'm not watching Legally Blonde, I was watching while you were sleeping. Oh Are my. you okay? He looks like he's leaning. <laughs> like we all, that's our favorite scene. He's leaning. He's doing the lean. <laughs> leaning in. <laughs> See what I mean? It's so good. <laughs> yeah, Moonstruck's moon good that way. And I feel like for me personally, I had never seen it until, I don't know if I watched it for the first time at the beginning of quarantine or 2022, 2021. There we go. Uh-huh. But I watched it and I was like, I was like, I know why this movie won awards. <laughs> I instantaneously knew why. Yeah. Right? It's that good. It's just it's like, it's good. so easily good too. It's very, it's like effortless good movie it's really good I don't know it uh, being that they came out in 87 my sister was born she was four I was four I probably watched it for for the first time when I was like 10 and I can remember watching it with my mom and my mom she's like a I don't know she probably fancied herself as a share type of girl when she was that age because she had that same hair like curly curly jet black hair um so i know she had an affinity to share because of that way back when and so i've seen all of Cher's movies but i probably saw this for the first time when i was like 10 years old and it was just one of those like kind of like i do to my kids i make them sit down and watch the old classics my mom have me sit down and watch it with her probably also <clears throat> family friendly i wouldn't say there's anything bad in it it's pretty funny it's rom-com what would you say like that's what they call those now like a classic rom- romance comedy kind of but it, I don't know it's I just, don't really I don't really 
I don't know if I really would classify it as a romantic comedy. I mean, right? they have the they have comedic bits, but the like, elements are there. Um, I don't really know if I would classify it as a romantic comedy. I, but then again, because I, I thought about this for a while, I couldn't decide, and I was like, "What is? What are my other options? What is? What else?" I, and I like, was like, I oh, well, I'm going to ask Callie. She'll know. We'll just, we'll just have to discuss this. Like, I guess <laughs> technically, like, while you're sleeping is a romantic comedy. Right. Splash okay. would be like a romantic comedy. And uh-huh. like, those are like the kind of the films I think of, like romantic comedy type thing. And I guess Classic that like, ones. and I think that like Moonstruck would be, I, it'd be, it's like a top tier. If we're going to be like, it's a romantic comedy, it's a top tier romantic comedy compared mm. to anything else I've ever watched. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to, I can't even like, I don't even, I can't even think. It's of just, it's really good. It's, it's got all the elements. I was just trying to think like, what other, what other genre could it fit into based on like some of the, the breakdown of the scenes? Like they've got, um, They've got a, an epic meet cute where she goes and she, you know, meets the brother. And it's like, it wasn't supposed to go that way, but then it went, you know, one way. And then like the makeover scene, it's got that make, you know, what other movies have the makeover scene and what genre are those movies left into? You know what I mean? Honestly, the, the um, I vibes, know. the vibes that I get from this film and the blocking that is done um, is like, and I read this on IMDb. But I could see it when I first watched the film is that the blocking of the particular scenes is done in like a a stage play kind of way. And the only thing I can like really in my mind compare it to is like a Shakespeare play. I was kicking myself about this. I feel like if we knew more about La Bohème, we'd understand what was going on with this movie better. Yeah. Is it a, is it is it going along with the, the stage play theme of La Bohème? Because that's what they saw in the opera. You know what I mean? But, and I'm kicking yeah, myself. Like, I now feel I like uh-huh. I don't want to describe it as like a tragedy because it's not really right? like a classic, you know, tragedy. Like, but I see that it has. We need like a guy who sits elements. here and Google things for us and puts it up on the screen. So <laughs> we need, we now so, we need to know. Sir, assistant, sir, can you look up La Bohème and tell us the theme of that so we can see if that compares to this movie? Is that why this is like kind of like you said, like I would, yeah, I honestly, but I would call it like an epic, like an epic love story, like compared to like one of the like like a like an epic tragedy or whatever uh-huh. Greek, Greek play whatever seems a little pretentious uh-huh. of me to say but like that's when I'm thinking about it I'm like that's what it kind of has that kind of pacing yeah that's really good super funny I love like the opening scene where they immediately introduce you to the man with the younger lady and you're like okay they're in the restaurant you know like looking over their shoulder and he's already there with that girl. Like they start having issues right away. Like, it just keeps off immediately. That's a good scene. Um, introducing uh, you to like it's gonna be a comedy. It's gonna be a romance, but it's also a slap in the face. <laughs> quite, quite literally, a number of times throughout the movie. He gets yeah. a glass and you know, glass of water or whatever drink in the face, and then uh, it just kicks off with that. Um, that you know temperature like that tone is already happening um speaking of that scene i love when he gets down on his knees and obviously the professor's now <laughs> inebriated he's like 
Is that man praying? <laughs> that where, where do you think you are? What are you talking about? But all right. He's messing up his suit. Cannot <laughs> see. The fact that he doesn't even have a ring. I don't know. Look, okay. Let's let me just say overall, the, the character I understand at least in this movie is Johnny Camerary. I don't understand Johnny's intentions proposing. I don't understand. He's told other people he's going to propose because little homie, um, the server, the maitre d' knows. He's like telling the other guy, Mr. Camerary is going to propose tonight. You know, so he's let them know he's going to do this. But he's like, not, he's not prepared. Even so, I think he doesn't it's have supposed- a ring. He doesn't know what to do. <laughs> I was briefly reading this New Yorker article about the film, and it kind of talked about how. So his mother's dying, and he's a mama's boy. We, mm-hmm. we know that throughout. He's like, film. I gotta lock in a new mama right away. Yeah, he has to lock in somebody to take care of him because he can't take care of himself because right. he is a mama's boy. Yeah, and I'm like that. I get that. I get that. Um, instantly, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it makes sense that he yeah. did. He thought he thought a novel idea. He's like, I'll propose, and then we'll be right back after this break. back to continue this conversation ay, ay, ay. i just Sorry, like i, I said just... though, like he didn't he didn't have a ring he was just like you want me to get out on my knees <laughs> yes <laughs> I, I need a proper proposal <laughs> the fact that she's had a husband die a major spoiler um is just like she's she's hyper like and sensitive to it also like okay the first guy didn't do this or that or whatever it is like definitely get down on your knee like he should have known too that she was going to be like a stickler for like what do you mean you're proposing and you don't have a ring or you're not even going to get down on your knee like she seems very like she's like into following the rules at that point and like she's still on you know i've got a way i want you to do it this way that obviously quickly goes away her rule her, her following the rules goes away as you can see as it goes on but I feel like I, she was like I'm gonna follow the rules from now on and do things the way the very most low-key way and just uh, the way you're supposed to after her husband died you know what I mean like honestly what I like the is boxes, the way the way Cher yeah with the way Cher plays her she plays her as very practical person but in that practicality she also likes the novel things like i think a lot of the times when we think of people that are very practical pragmatic we're like they want it like this and you see this when you see the scene when she's getting um paperwork from the florist and she's like i don't know who would waste money on that and he's like oi blah 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 something about flowers she's like i would love to get roses i'm just saying that it seems impractical but you know i like the novel idea of it right yeah and i like how they blend that pragmatic uh, kind of like character traits with this like I do want the romance of it all. Uh huh. The things that are supposed to go with it. You know, I want all yeah. the things that are supposed to go along with it. Yeah. 
it's funny it's funny that way then like, even she's like the re- i want a reception and they you know all this the mom's like well who's gonna do all that and she's like you guys are obviously that's the way it's supposed to be and everything went wrong the first time because it didn't go the way it was supposed to or we didn't do the supposed to things like we're gonna do every single thing you're supposed to do this time for sure so that nothing goes wrong like i feel like that's the thing she said to her for her life until this happened until this situation ensued <laughs> yeah I, one of the like, go ahead uh, oh one of my <laughs> one of my favorite lines is not even like it's it's Olivia Dukakis and she's like I'm gonna beat you to death old man if you give another plate of my food to your dogs <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> the other weird thing that I uh, so when I first watched the film I was like so the dad uh-huh. reminded me so much of my grandpa <laughs> it's one of those things that I was like I don't want to say nostalgia but you're like oh I get to see like so, uh, kind of like a character like somebody uh-huh. I was related to uh, uh-huh. it was one of those weird things because it was so much like that's exactly how my grandpa acted my grandpa was also a cheater and like very much of that macho man thing that the dad uh-huh. does yeah and I was like this is weird like a weird kind of dissociation I'm having watching this film <laughs> and I just was like I even told my mom I was like it really reminds me of grandpa and she's like I don't think I like that idea <laughs> Um, so just no the characters were so I don't know were, I feel like even with the father's infidelity somehow the way that they were the characters were acted by the actors the way they were written the way their emotions came across in their acting like and I person, guess in their yeah. dialogue yeah it was like a real person it made all it made every character even the father who was being unfaithful somehow feel like you understood and they were still like an endearing character you didn't it didn't make you angry didn't make you hate him i i kind of to be honest with you i feel like olympia dukakis carried the whole thing just based on like her emotions and her melancholy like resolve and i mean since i was since i probably first watched this movie as a child i have always had in the back of my mind like i want to behave or respond to like things that happen to me with the resolve that she does because she's just calm and like she gets it she has questions and when she does parts that she doesn't understand she's like she asks outright you know what I mean it's just like the just the level of communication that this family has even with the father who's being unfaithful you know what I mean like they're still understanding of him and like communicating with him and like what's wrong with you even in their moments of like well I don't get this or whatever it is like you still have like this feeling of familiarity with these characters I don't know how to I don't know it's very well written the thing the comments they make at one another and like just the air of I just I again like the the family's not going anywhere like I don't know how to explain it. It feels very familiar. It feels like, I hate to say this, and I hate this analogy when people are like, it feels like a warm hug. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. It's got like, it it really does. I hate that, like, description, but truly it Uh does. And like, I, I like, I can feel that familial bond. And it's because it's like, not that I've lived this life, but I can feel like I've, 
met somebody like this. I'm related to somebody like that. I've encountered that like essence, that air. Uh huh. I don't. It's got. I don't, the whole film has just got like an underlying, very subtle, inspirational vibe. Like even through the parts that you don't like. Like I said, the example of like the opera scenes in the opera house where she runs into the father, but the communication that takes place. You know, even in those scenes and the familiarity, the underlying, inherent like closeness of the family that makes you feel that way. Even through those scenes of like, oh, you should be angry right now, but this daughter, you know, loving her father and just being like, oh. Vey, what are you doing here, Dad? Like, you know what I mean? And then going home, and the mother's like, "Your father's cheating on me." She's like, "How could you think this?" Beforehand, she was like, "How could you think this?" And you know, even being met with it and finding out that it's true, she's like, "I, yeah, yeah, like I, my parents and I love them, and they're so crazy." Like, just the 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 understanding that you know this is not gonna ruin everybody's lives and we're a family and nobody's going anywhere like makes you feel some kind of way I don't know their closeness their I don't know you know what I mean like I can't explain it their closeness and how they are understanding of one another and just accepting the way they're all in the kitchen together and like everybody's entire like feelings and what's happening in their lives there's like all, all in the middle of the table right now you know what I mean and we're all sitting around it talking about it this kind of yeah i think that's what creates that vibe just this family this family the family photos you know in the <laughs> the scene at the end or like they post they show all the photos of the family like trying to take the family photo and they're like moving around and it's just how they all fit together it's kind of it's funny. also like a, f- a multi-generational home um mm-hmm. which like most people that live in multi-generational homes like uh, I was talking about this I don't remember if it was with like Coco uh-huh. when I was watching I did an episode with Coco with my friend Diana about living in a multi-generational home my uh-huh. grandmother lived with us when I was in uh-huh. high school before she died and like it, the dynamic of life changes when you live in a multi-generational home uh-huh. and like they captured that essence very well and I love the grandpa and I love his like pack of dogs <laughs> The grandpa is Ruby's favorite character. She probably said like three or four times, I love the grandpa. I want to be like the grandpa with his dogs. <laughs> he just loves his dogs and he's so friendly too. And like, he doesn't seem like he's friendly because he's got old grandpa, you know, grimace for most of the movie, but he's so loving and feeling also. And he's like, I'm upset. And he's like, why? Because my son needs to take care of his responsibilities. And <laughs> it's I like, oh, you're the so thing- sweet. <laughs> I, the other thing I love is at the end of the film when he's like, I don't know what's going on. I'm so he's crying. Pop, why are you crying? He's like, I'm so confused. <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> Who is she marrying? Oh my. Yes, it was so good. <laughs> the grandpa was funny. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it just makes you a more well-rounded person to live amongst, like you said, in a multi-generational, you know, s- scenario with family. You just get to know more, uh, you know, it just makes you a little more well-rounded. It's kind of why you're like an old soul, like you know more things, you have interest in more than just your, you know, your age groups, things that they like. You know what I mean? Or as <laughs> coming back to what I told you about talking to Katie and she's like, I don't know why I'm surprised that you didn't say friendship. You said 401k. Who are you? <laughs> 
Yeah, see, that's <laughs> that's, a, that's a sign that you grew up with someone a little older. <laughs> You're out. It's like most of my friends are over 35. What do you want from me? That's funny. <laughs> um, but like getting back to like our discussion-y thing, um, I love this film, to be honest. And like, there's so many things I love about it that they just did the right way that in any other film that I watch, I'm like, it's not as good as Moonstruck. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Every little part of it, the way they poured the champagne when she comes to tell the father that he that, that Johnny proposed, she pours him some champagne or Prosecco or whatever it is in his glass and he opens the sugar container and drops a cube of sugar in hers and then in his and they wait till it fizzes and then they sip. It was like, oh my gosh, the ritual before she tells him Johnny proposed. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't like him right away. <laughs> He puts his drink down. It was such a nice moment. I don't like him. <laughs> the one, okay. okay, I do. I also, okay. I like pretty much all the characters in this film. Um, I, the thing I like about Johnny Camareri is he's just like uh, one a mama's boy, but also just kind of like unapologetic about it. Living in his own world. I yeah. don't know what world it is, and it's not the world that everyone else is in. And he's and that, just like, okay. And it kind of like comes full circle at the end of the movie when him and Olivia Dukakis's character are talking. He's like, I guess because men fear death. She's like, mm-hmm. that's, that's it. So he's funny. like, I'm so confused. What are you talking about? I'm like, the fact that she asks him and he answers. This is what I'm talking about with this movie. The communication, the level of communication whether healthy or unhealthy I don't know but it's what I like I've always wanted in my life like this man comes to the door and as the mother-in-law or future mother-in-law she asks him some off the wall you know it may seem out of left field kind of crap and she and he just answers her <laughs> you know what I mean and like, it, like endeared me to the character more and then yes <laughs> slightly off topic I was watching a Bruce Willis film I was watching Hudson Hawk on Netflix and he's in that movie too and I was like uh. <laughs> I'm like I'm endeared to this this actor now yeah <laughs> so I like really appreciated watching that film and seeing him in it <laughs> yeah I'm gonna have to look that one up I think it's still on Netflix but it has Bruce Willis and the the actor that plays Jami, Johnny Johnny <laughs> I made up a new name uh, Johnny Camareri I'm probably saying yeah. that wrong too, but anyway. Um, also, very attractive Nicolas Cage. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I never told I the girls feelings. that he was in that movie, right? I have and feelings so, about boom, it. Boom, 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 boom. They're playing the music. She's coming into the bread shop. <laughs> we meet the bread girl. The bread girl's like, why? Why? What do you want with John? With Ronnie she's like I just want to talk to him so we're going down to the basement he's in front of the oven the big reveal of him (laughs) of him turning around everybody was like oh my god Ah!" there was like an outburst in the room of it's Nicolas Cage (laughs) they didn't suspect until that moment and then they were like I guess he looks good is this the best he's ever looked in a movie he's so young oh my god like I mean, it was probably probably the most dramatic reveal of the movie for them. <laughs> we, they couldn't believe, first of all, that he was that young, that he looked attractive. <laughs> probably the most attractive he's ever looked yeah. in a film. Yeah. They and, were like, oh my gosh, what is happening with this guy? <laughs> and apparently the movie he did prior to this was, um, was it Peggy Sue's Getting Married? 
and he did a weird voice and I was oh like my. I don't know how I feel about you Nicolas Cage in general that's my <laughs> in general vibe because like obviously he had like that little mini resurgence when he did like national treasure movies and I was like uh-huh. he was and I, don't know, I wouldn't consider National Treasure Nicolas Cage to be very handsome. Right. But He's like, already yeah. settled into Moon- his appearance Moon- at that point. Moonstruck Nicolas Cage. Oddly, oddly handsome. I, would, oddly I gotta attractive. tell you, it's the only movie I've ever thought that he looked acceptable in. Hair-wise, build, the attitude. Me and the girls talked about this probably for like 25 minutes, 30 minutes after watching the movie just I mean we all were like we don't know we like the mom the most we like share the most we like the dad a lot it really made me question I was like am I attracted to Nicolas Cage literally we had to discuss it I think it's just specifically (laughs) this one I don't I think we resolved to this is probably just the best movie he's ever acted in and that the best character that was ever written for him and probably the best he's ever acted like (laughs) <laughs> this is just the the epic uh, example of Nicholas's Cage, Nicholas Cage's um, talent. You know what I mean? Like, you don't even think of it as being him, to be honest, because he looks different. And it's kind of like when you it's very good. If you think too hard about if you're really attracted to Johnny Depp, because yeah, young Johnny Depp, good. And then there's that weird <laughs> bit, and now he's like older, and you're like, I'm not sure if I'm actually attracted to a Johnny Depp character. Right? Yeah, so funny. I don't know. I can decide. We can really decide. Want, we resolve I'm, to maybe it's just the character we love. We love this character I'm, so much. I really, I'm, I'm not one to talk. I like Michael Keaton Batman and Michael Keaton as Mr. Mom. Very I just watched that. He's <laughs> so very, good looking in that. Very attractive. And I, was I love like, the beard. <laughs> I was like, am I in love with Michael Keaton? <laughs> Oh my. Yeah. Off topic. I had a crush on Michael Keaton as, as when I was younger. And then I, I was like, I, he's so cute. He's really good in Batman. And then yesterday, like little. To, to bring it all full circle, yesterday I accidentally dropped our remote and a cup of coffee, the one oh, to wow. our regular TV. <laughs> um, I have to go buy a new universal remote, not the point, um, but the newer RoboCop was on and Michael Keaton was a villain in that movie. And I was like, I think it's specifically just Mr. Mom, Michael Keaton. I find very attractive. Also Batman, Michael Keaton. He's got that Billy Joel thing. And I love Billy Joel. (laughs) (laughs) In Mr. Mom, I don't know, the fluffy hair and the fact that he's okay. I gotta say, is it coach's shorts that he's wearing in those i'm not sure anyways mr mom says it all pretty much like that's attractive to begin with because i like a man who gets in the kitchen (laughs) we'll be right back after this break And we're back to continue this conversation. 
but the hair and the shorts he's running around like trying to do chores and stuff it's like could you make him any cuter it's maybe it's i'm just, just attra- super cute maybe it's just i'm attracted to men that have their lives falling apart <laughs> Maybe it's that. That seems like a character flaw. Is it how he's helping the wife? Is it is it the fact that he's trying to do stuff with the kids? Okay, okay. I'm not sure. Really, really, really off topic. I'll just say this about Mr. Mom. I love that he's watching the soap operas and he's like, (gasps) toward like the middle of the film, he's like, I can't believe they're doing that. And he's like, Uh popcorn and the popcorn burns and he's watching (laughs) the soap. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I like. I was like, oh no. I literally, when I I thought about that, when I saw that scene the other day and I was like, I guess it's the logical thing to do. I mean, like, what are you going to do at home, whether you're a husband or a wife who stays home? Like you turn the TV on, there's game shows, there's soap operas. You're bound to start watching it. <laughs> it's like, yes. It's the natural progression of home but this, life. <laughs> but even this, a man that's his life has fallen apart is a good description of Nicolas Cage's character in Moonstruck. And I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe it's just that. And I yeah. think it's that un that stupid need that oh I my. feel to fix people. And we all know you can't fix people. <sighs> yeah. I could not I couldn't pick a favorite scene from this movie because when we meet him and he's he's telling her like she's like, what is the rift about anyways? And he starts telling her the story and I stuck my hand in the bread maker and it chewed up my hand and I lost my hand. I lost my bride. And he, and then they go upstairs and that little, the bread girl's like, this man, I love this man. And I've never told him because I know he can't love anyone since he lost his hand and his girl. And it's like, oh my God, there's a whole nother epic love thing happening here that we're not even going to touch on. There's a whole nother movie happening here. This man's life. You know what I'm saying? Like... Um, if I was a if I was a character such in this a movie, tragic. I probably would be Bread Girl. <laughs> <laughs> if I was a character in this movie, I'd be Bread Girl. I just love her so much, and she's no, I'm not gonna do it, Ronnie. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna. First of all, is Ronnie Camareri here? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why? What do you want with Ronnie? <laughs> I want you to be here. Watch me die. I won't do it. I, I won't talk to him. Knife. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good yeah she's only briefly in the movie but she's so good she's like i love this man <laughs> this man i'm in love with him like the way she says it it's like, Honestly, oh great here we go it could be a toss-up between being bread girl or the uncle because mm. the uncle also seems to be in his own universe <laughs> ay 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 when he tells the story of Cosmo bringing the moon to see um, to see his wife, God darn it! What's the wife's name? I just love Olympia. Let me look. And it he's up. telling they're at the Rose. table, and he's telling how he loved Rose. He used to be so in love with Rose. I remember he brought her the moon, and he was like, "What?" And she's telling the story. It's like, oh, so good. Something the girls pointed out to me when we were watching too is in that scene with the uncle when he's looking out, and he's like, "Oh my gosh!" And he's trying to wake up his wife, and he's telling her, he's "Look, like, it's that moon again. <laughs> it's that moon again." And she's like, "What are you saying? It's just the moon." And she's like, "No." he's telling her no it's Cosmo's moon but he leans out the window and he's like looking around like where, like what house is the moon on top of like where did the moon go this time and it's like oh my god Loretta's brought the moon just like her father does when you realize you know what I mean like that the uncle leans out he kind of looks out like where's the where's the moon like where did it go this time like who's in love or what's happening here it's Cosmo's moon 
can we really can we really just talk about Cosmo's moon really quick because you know and I know that he probably the reason why the uncle was able to see him is because he was sneaking in there to spend time with Rose before they got mm-hmm. married. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. He, he's like it's so like, romantic, and you're uh-huh. like, mm. <laughs> exactly. Sure, sure, he was yeah. so in love with her when he came to sneak in the house. He gave himself away because the moon followed him, and it was above the house, shining light for everyone to see. <laughs> and it's like Loretta's over doing the same thing. She's meeting someone in secret and spending the night, and the moon is shining on them. Let try and let everyone see they're in love over here. It's so cute. Yes, um, I'm trying to. There's like so Mark we, in the house. We're covering all the things we like about this film, the whole film, <laughs> the whole film, <laughs> everything, all the lines. Uh, again, my favorite line is um, <laughs> I'm gonna pull it up. I love it when she's like, "I will beat you to death." <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. It happens so quick, and you're just like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like. <laughs> Uh-huh. Just pull the trigger right away. It she was like says, a very just quick. It says, old man, if you give those dogs another piece of my food, I'm going to kick you till you're dead. <laughs> With everything going on, too, that she notices that he's very subtly, like, leaning over to give the dog a bite, a bite, a bite. <laughs> it's like, everyone's coming in and out of the room. All this chaos is happening. Old man. <laughs> if you give that dog you did. <laughs> yeah it's like okay. don't keep doing that like I don't see you with everything that's happening here I do I see you I just so funny the best I <sighs> and I feel like she so carried much. the more the majority of the movie she carried just the whole the comedy of it the family feeling of it was like all on the mom for the most part uh, just so good when they go wake her up and he's like Rose Rose <laughs> Rose who's wake dead? up <laughs> she, who's dead <laughs> who died <laughs> she looks so beautiful just laying there and they would come bother her who's who died the first thing she says <laughs> do you love him Loretta it's like oh no. my gosh no, <laughs> no. she says no ma good <laughs> right away too I love when she asks her that and then when she asks her about Ronnie and she's like do you love him Loretta <laughs> she asks her again because it's a different man and she's like yes ma I love him it's like oh god help you <laughs> <laughs> how unfortunate how sad how sad for you <laughs> that's oh my too god, bad Sadie. Oh, Sadie just came up behind me <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh my god when she calls I just something me and the girls talked about a couple times too was like where does this Johnny get off like he's leaving not only does he first of all we we talked about this you and I just now like when we first started talking about it like he needs the mom so he's afraid his mom's gonna die he's locking in a new mom just in case and then he leaves it's like okay all that you know that plan set forward you know in in motion fine but then he goes also as far as also while i'm gone can you call my brother and like reconcile this relationship for me real quick um, you make my brother come to the wedding yeah knowing that when she calls him he's gonna be disgruntled and he may not you know be open to this but then when she calls him and he just straight up hangs up on her he's like why did he call me himself what's wrong could never be made right and he hangs up on her and is like that was so good <laughs> it's like okay 
I already love this character. I, the other thing, <laughs> what was, the, what's been, what's wrong can never be made right. The other thing that was like, I, I found funny, the a conversation they have is, why aren't you in Sicily? Because your mom's dying. He's like, she doesn't like me very much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't get along. <laughs> she's she's always loved Johnny more. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, super funny. Just and so the funny. Other, the other funny thing, the, obviously, when we come to the climactic part, uh, Johnny comes back. He's like, it's like a miracle. And then she comes home and, she, and uh, Rose is telling her, she's like, we don't live in Bible times anymore. There are no miracles. Right. <laughs> I told my mother we were going to be married and she just oh got my up God. and started cooking. So I can't <laughs> marry you because my mom's going to die. Okay. That's so funny. What? And he's like, Ronnie, my brother, have you come here to reconcile with me? And he's like, yes, but uh, no, but uh, yeah. <laughs> also, you may not want to. Costume design. Okay, so we meet Ronnie. They go up to the apartment. She makes a mistake. And he's like, I want it well done, first of all. What is that blind. smell? He says, like, what? <laughs> what? You live here. Are you also blind? Where did this steak come from? You can live here. <laughs> Do you know what's Was this fridge? in the fridge? <laughs> what is that smell? I, the, I I'm making like, you a steak. Character design wise, that's when they like fluff his hair up to make him look wolfy. Because she's gonna be. Yeah. Like, You're a wolf. You ate your own hand off. All that bullshit. That oh, it was so good. What are you doing, Loretta? She's like I'm telling you your life. <laughs> <laughs> And that's, that's so just good. offhanded comment that she heard at the liquor store, the table. <laughs> right. She's like, okay, can you build? Okay, can you build a whole monologue around it? Cool. I see a wolf in everyone I meet. <laughs> that lady was good. That was a, that was a good like. Just like I'm saying about the whole movie, like there were so many small parts, like it all lended to the airs of like the communication amongst these people that this lady's in there telling her husband i saw the way you looked at a like a wolf he was like i looked at her like a wolf you're crazy and who <laughs> she's like there's a wolf in everyone i meet and i know what they're what they're thinking it's just so good that she's like she's communicating this to that level of like clarity the emotion like i could see the look in your eyes like you it's know like, what i mean it's a great visual to go with uh, again we don't know anything about la boheem i don't know if that's a theme in la boheem other than the fact that they do tell you she dies of t- tuberculosis not mm-hmm. maybe <laughs> and, but then the, the grandpa has the pack of dogs and the moon and i'm surprised nobody got eaten by a wolf <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> that would have been like, that would have been the breaking news. Yeah. A, the underlying theme an unidentified like the man the... was eaten alive by a wolf in downtown <laughs> Manhattan. I don't fucking know. That would have been that would have been more of a comedy thing, but <laughs> mm. who am I to talk? One of my favorite movies is American Werewolf in London. <laughs> mm. I just thought too, like that whole scene where they're making this steak. Uh, just he's like, he's, what is that smell? He says, and then she's like, a steak, and he's like, I like it well done. <laughs> like yeah, right away, flag. he's telling her like, do it the way I like. Red and flag. then she just totally leather. him too. She's like, I'm not making you shoe leather. 
no. disregard <laughs> you'll eat what I give you it's better <laughs> yeah. okay ma also Whoa. one really really quick um this might just be because I st- watched part of taxi driver but he has a very nice clean apartment that I did not expect to see mm-hmm. and everything in its place it was very minimal yeah it was nice uh-huh. versus like watching like a taxi driver which is basically Robert De Niro descent into madness um uh-huh. I feel like that was part of even though it was unspoken these are the things and this is the way she like instantly fell for him because they went straight upstairs and she just starts moving around his home like she belonged there and there wasn't a mess for her to clean and there wasn't things that needed organizing and there wasn't like uh you know what i'm saying she just because he was so very well kept on his own she went straight to the fridge and she found whatever food was there and everything was clean in the sink and in the stove and she just grabbed the dishes like that she needed said, and every everything had its place and she fit into uh-huh she just slid right yeah uh-huh so effortlessly that they just went up there and began the motions of being together in there in that apartment i also love how um she leaves uh at the end of that scene and then she comes back she's like where's the met where how do i get there and i'm like you Uh uh-huh like Manhattan, you're or not maybe Manhattan. You've lived near New York your whole life and you don't know where the metro <laughs> the Met is. <laughs> that was I, one thing I was like suspicious. I also felt in that moment like suspicious, suspect. I don't know. I'm the kind of I don't know, it's kind of maybe a personal thing for me, but I like a person who I can learn things from. And so it all throughout my like when you're dating, when you're growing up, you know, when you're becoming a woman, you start to figure out what you like in a man. I figured out that I like to learn things from a man. I like a man who's smart, who I can learn something from, right? In that moment when she says, she comes back and she asks him where's the Met, it's like, oh, I just fell in love with him a little bit more because he knows and he can, you know what I'm saying? Like, I have so much to teach you, even though at first sight, he doesn't appear to be that guy. He is because he's about to take her to the opera and he's been there and he knows it and he loves it and he's going to teach her and, and like share this with her. You know what I mean? And yeah, that it's something just, so artistic and like loving and like intimate that they're going to go sit at the opera together and see this. And I was just like, oh, I love him even more. She doesn't even know where the Met is and she's been there her whole life. I, yeah, <laughs> like that's my whole thing. I was like, I get it. It's a he's little got like, things to teach her and she's old. Yeah, he's got things to teach her. It's How refreshing. <laughs> it's a little a little comedy thing but also in the back of my mind is like how does she not she lives mm-hmm. li- how does she but then again I guess it's like you live anywhere like you could tell somebody oh I'm going to the blah 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 and they're like I don't know where that is and I've lived here my whole life <laughs> like, mm-hmm. well <laughs> you don't get out enough mm-hmm when she goes to get her hair done and the lady's like, oh my God, I've wanted to do this for so long. Like, we've seen you out there walking by. <laughs> this hair we want to get our hands on. It's oh, and so that, good. That whole, like, makeover montage, do you notice that she stops in front of a wedding dress store and she's hit mm. by a bunch of nuns or a bunch of nuns walked past her? Mm. Kind of be like... <laughs> Oy vey. Catholic yeah. girls. Catholic uh-huh. girls. You're supposed to be planning a wedding, not sleeping with his brother. Uh-huh. So funny. I... 
But I yeah. mean, we already knew you didn't really like his brother that much. He's just, you know, some guy. Checking the boxes like she was trying to do. She was trying to just live the I'm supposed to do this life after her first one didn't go the way it was supposed to. So she was just like contented to I'm going to go forward in life doing all the things that you're supposed to do according to the rules. And I need a, a husband who I can take care of, who takes care of me. We get along. Okay. You know, we don't fight like cats and dogs. He's, um, you know, an agreeable person for the most part. I can, I can deal with this. Right. It's like, okay. So you didn't feel so broken up when, or like, guilty i don't know she still felt guilt obviously she was like oh mom i thought it was so she's funny. like i don't know I, I thought it was so funny at the end when he's like i cannot marry you and she's like well you'll die and i'll come to your funeral in a red dress <laughs> we were all like what okay <laughs> i love this but i don't and get see, it and see that's exactly that's something that also <laughs> reminded me of my grandpa because my grandpa said to my grandmother that if she went first he'd buy a red corvette and oh my god after my grandma but guess yeah. what that's outlived everybody so far <laughs> that's funny so, <laughs> that's a good made, one it made me go to that and i was like that makes sense uh, that's kind of like a oh you think you're hot oh <laughs> I'll come to your That's funeral funny. in a red dress. So much. There's so much. Yes, that that whole, when she said that, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> really? She's well, about to have a red. Carly, if we've learned anything from me personally, <laughs> I make scenes. And that is a scene that I would also make for myself. <laughs> She's like, then they're like, Loretta, what are you doing? Like, they know what she's about to say. And so they're like, what are you doing? And she's just like, let me say, have my say. I'm entitled. <laughs> I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to say, what are you doing breaking up with me? How could you do this to me? <laughs> let me have my rant before we move on. <laughs> this is what's supposed to happen. Uh, it's so funny. So, There's so many, so many quotes and just so many things like, you got a love bite. <laughs> She's like, oh my God. <laughs> you do too. You got one too. When he comes in and she sees him, the mom's just looking at him and she's sipping her cup and she's like, <laughs> she tells him too, you got a love bite. She just repeats it in the same tone and the same like. And then she, <laughs> she gives him a bowl of oatmeal. That's, that's yeah. where I was like. And the, like, the fact that he just sits down, like I said, like the This is wonderful of oatmeal. It's wonderful. <sighs> wonderful oatmeal. <laughs> this damn family, how they're like, uh, was like I said, just an inspirational vibe of we're unbreakable regardless of what goes on in this room right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I want for my family, that we say whatever needs to be said and that it's known that the bond is unbreakable. Nobody's going to leave this room as not being a part of this family anymore, regardless of what happened. And so this fool, he's coming over here to, to tell his brother, I'm sleeping with your wife or I'm taking your girl from you. But he still sits down at the table. This oatmeal is wonderful. <laughs> like This is wonderful. Like he's now taken into the family, into the fold. And like, we're not even going to discuss it. We're all familiar and, and, and you know, it's very much the vibe. I don't really have anything to say. This oatmeal is wonderful. It's like, I'm here now. <laughs> thanks. Like, thanks for taking me into the, you know, and bringing me into the family. We get Johnny's now part of the family. Um, when the father comes in, who is this? 
Ronnie, Johnny's brother. <laughs> okay. Do you think that's all they say? Okay. If they ever tried to make I do I don't think you can beat this movie. I don't think they could uh, make it and be it I don't think it would I just I couldn't share unless it's just share. It would be so horrible if they tried to remake it or to even do like a new version of it. Yeah. Those in my opinion I'll only accept if Cher plays all the characters. If Cher right? plays all the characters. She's gotta be the grandma instead of the grandpa. She's gotta be the mom instead of the it's like all the characters. It's just Cher. Uh, uh so funny. It's just so good. Um, what other films? Snap out of it. There's I like feel so like... many quotes and so many scenes. Yeah. There's it just so keeps many... rolling from the moment it starts. I don't think there are any other films that I've watched that have the same like exact vibe, same exact like feel. But what are some films that you've watched similar to this film? Or what would you recommend after watching Moonstruck? Um, well kind of our theme here in our house amongst my family and kids is that we will get on a roll of watching whatever what would you call it it's not like we get on a tangent we just get on like a the, like a a branch a leaf whatever we go in the direction of this movie had Cher Nicolas Cage such and such and whatever so we'll just watch like all the Cher movies now so we watched um, Mermaid. Mermaids we're not watching Mermaids oh gosh we watched Mermaids we watched um, Dad mentioned the mask movie so I like put a little YouTube we watched some YouTube clips of that where Cher has a son who's got the facial um, of course, I should know better what to call it just to be politically correct, but he's got some kind of disease where he's got a facial deformity and it's called the mask. And it's a, it's, I'm pretty sure it's a true story. And I'm pretty sure that the young man who was the actual character is the guy who it's about. I could be wrong. I'm not, I vaguely recall. Anyways, she's the mom and she's like a biker mom. And it's just sad because her son, I'm pretty sure he dies in that movie too. Spoiler alert. But it's very sad. Lots of share movies. I would just watch every, any share movie I could watch after that. Just to get like, because I never want it to end. Like if this movie could be an hour or two hours longer, I just love this family. So we watch all the share movies after that. What else? Nicolas Cage. I just can't get jiggy. Anything modern with Nicolas Cage is just kind of like cringy. The worst Nicolas Cage movie I would say probably ever watched is like that one where the, he fast forwards. I think um, Justin Timberlake's wife is in that movie. I hated it. What would I recommend watching after this? Just La Bohème. Just watch I know. Moonstruck again. Just watch Moonstruck again. Yeah. <laughs> just watch, watch it, again. it again. Just watch it again. <laughs> So good. And then maybe watch uh, High Society with Grace Kelly and then watch Moonstruck again. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I don't know. If you're trying to stick with the vibe, I would say Sleepless in Seattle. Um, while maybe, you were yeah, sleeping. Maybe, They're maybe also kind of big Ryan movies. Family yeah, loving. Yeah. See, the thing about the theme of Moonstruck and like I would say a while you were sleeping again is that family dynamic. It's so inspirational. I feel obviously 
for someone like me, I'm lacking in the family the family situation, right? <laughs> Having no parents or family growing up kind of makes me feel that way, I guess. Whereas someone else might not like it as much or not feel that much, you know, like a connection to those movies. But for me, it feels like, oh, they're such a sweet family. They're all so communicative. And I just love like to see those movies where like the family stone with um, Sarah Jessica Parker. And I was Diane, actually just uh, thinking about that one. Okay, so again, they're a family. They seem dysfunctional. They are, you know, fight like brothers and sisters do. But again, they get in that room together and it's like known that whatever you say here doesn't matter. It's like we're an unbreakable family. We have that bond. And it's just very inspirational feeling to me. Like, I feel like, oh, you know, those kind of movies. So like while you were sleeping, I would recommend if you haven't seen that, that's that is like keeping with the vibe of Moonstruck. I'm thinking different, like but similar. Like that fa- that again, that family theme, maybe like mm-hmm. in and out, because that's kind of like a community coming together to be a part of a family, also. And like the you know, with Klein, is that his name? Kevin Klein, yeah. Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein, yes, that is super cute. Me and the girls probably haven't watched that together, but I've seen it a few times. I think it's cute. I liked it. Um, I'm trying to think, like. There's really nothing, like I said before, nothing to compare to it other than like any movie where there's like somebody falls in love with the family, which is uh-huh. also obviously like uh, while you were sleeping. Um, there was another movie at the tip of my tongue. <laughs> when she about. tells the monologue, she's like telling him, but then I fell in love with you. And grandpa's like, me? me? And she's like, no, all of you, <laughs> the family. <laughs> It's so funny. He's like, you, me? Specifically me? <laughs> no. no. Family. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah, that's funny. Family Stone. I know there's another one. I just, that one got in my head and like blocked all the others. Yeah. That was a good family dynamic. There's one with Steve Carell. Steve Carell takes uh, Juliet. Is she Juliet Binoche? Steve Carell takes Julia Binoche home and his brother likes her instead. There's a whole nother, there's a whole family dynamic there also. So the, I think the brother ends up with his date that he brought for the family weekend or something. It's another one that has that kind of family dynamic. Kind of weird that um, Julia is the character because she's so French and Steve Carell is so not. But the, I don't know, the pair. Kind of an odd pair, but it worked for that movie. Dave, Dave, I can't think. Dave's girlfriend, or I don't know. His Dave in that movie. All I can think of right now is pushing up daisies, and that has nothing to do with anything. Um, that's what's playing on in the background of my mind. Um, <sighs> I made the girls watch three episodes of that recently. <laughs> Speaking of it, I'm that's so Lee funny. Pace. Lee, Lee Pace, Pace love I love he's, him. He's, he's a cutie. Um, mm. My mom is like, it's weird, and I'm like, but isn't that why it's fun? <laughs> It is cute. I really like it. And I told the girls that we watched maybe two episodes of it. And I said, we need to go back to that. It was so good. I can't remember what got us on. Oh, Kyle oh. likes why. Fall in love with the family. Oh. Kyle likes why. Yeah. That's another thing that's playing in the back of my mind. There you go. That's a good one. <laughs> if you want to. Lee Pace. Weird what's the girl's boy? name from Pushing Up Daisies, Cal? What's that girl's name? I can't think. I can't think of the main actress. I know stuff. that I know that the other woman is uh, Christina Chenoweth. Yes, we. I love Kristen Chenoweth. 
There you just go. Tiny I don't know how to say words. Okay. I don't know how to say words. I don't know how to say names. She's super cute. So funny in that. Lee Pace. Okay, so we're off on a tangent now, but just yeah. to finish, just to tie up this but, tangent. Yeah, we'll tie, we'll tie it Lee up. Lee Pace is um, in a new show right now called Foundation, which is a show based on something written by Isaac Asimov. I don't know if you know iRobots with yeah. uh, Will Smith. I, Isaac Asimov wrote that. The new show is called Foundation. I don't know where it's available not, to watch. I, I don't like the episode of it. <laughs> I think it's Peacock. Or I was like, I have to see this. But do you? I don't even know how to. There are so many movies I reference a lot. One of them is iRobot. Um, uh huh. Don't know why. I've watched it a lot. Thank you, Carly, for coming on and talking to me about Moonstruck and our very weird divergent talk about Nicolas Cage and Michael Keaton. I enjoy these conversations. (laughs) Thank you for coming on and thank you for listening. I hope you have a great day, a great week, a great weekend, and I'll see you next time. Now to give credit where credit is due, here are some articles I read in preparation for this episode on Moonstruck. Moonstruck shares 1987 classic as bizarre, hopeless, romantic, and yet somehow entirely plausible by Helen Sullivan for The Guardian. Moonstruck knows that the...